0: 1,500 and 2,000 UTC.
1: Welcome to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza in Washington, working on this program very remote. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan. This Tuesday, October 4th, 2022, Egyptian police dispersed angry South Sudanese students protesting in Cairo.
2: Yesterday in the evening, uh, the students were beaten seriously by the Egyptian authority. As per now, eight students, including Including one female were arrested by the Sahoti organs. We'll have these stories and more coming up on
1: South Sudan in Focus. A representative of dozens of South Sudanese students who are staging a sit in at the country's embassy in the Egyptian capital, Cairo, says security operatives guarding the embassy allegedly beat students last night, leaving some with injuries. One of the students on strike says the Egyptian police managed to pick eight students who camped at the entrance of the embassy and were taken to a non-location. One of the students say the Egyptian police managed to pick eight students who camped at the
3: entrance of the embassy. For VOA News, Dengai Deng reports from Barr. Dozens of South Sudanese students in Egypt began their protest last week at the South Sudan Embassy in Cairo over what they call "poor living conditions on Egyptian campuses. Students told South Sudan in Focus by phone from Cairo on Monday that since they enrolled at Egyptian universities under what they were told were full scholarships last year, they have endured many hardships. The students say they raised their concerns to university managers to no avail. Petro Mabur, a representative of the striking students in Cairo, says last night security agents guarding the embassy beat dozens of students at the embassy.
2: A student under government scholarship 2021 to 2022 uh, went to the embassy and, uh, and clutches with the security organ which were instructed by the honorable ambassador not to allow basic services to enter to the uh, premises of the embassy yesterday in the evening uh, students were beaten seriously by the egyptian authority as far now eight students including one female were arrested by the security organs and one student is now in a critical condition up to now this student uh, who is in a critical condition is still in the embassy premises there is no access to hospital uh, another latest news also is that More than 70 students sustained uh, minor and serious injuries.
3: Mabiu says the students do not know the whereabouts of eight of their colleagues who were arrested last night. He says for the past few days, the embassy downscaled the students' basic needs and locked them inside the embassy grounds without permission to get food
2: the condition of the students who are inside at the embassy right now is, uh, is still alarming because uh, we went to the embassy since last Thursday and then the student stay inside without basic services like water, food uh, uh, and power which is electricity and uh, this issue provoked the rest of the students who are outside in order to mobilize themselves and went to the embassy yesterday and uh, take water and put inside by post. So the situation remains tense. And even some of the students call off yesterday before they get water.
3: Mabiuri is calling on the government in Juba to intervene.
2: We need our government to, to in- to intervene as soon as possible, because now uh, we are sure as a government asset. Uh, number two, also, you know, the colleges has been open since last week, and uh, majority of the students are going to to miss their colleges because of this situation. We need uh, our government to intervene. We are advising our government in order to make their scholarship to be full funded so that these students who are coming for 2022 to 2023 will not face uh, the challenges that we are facing now.
3: Deng Dao, South Sudan's Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs and International Cooperation, says the country's top leaders have been informed about events at the country's embassy in Egypt. Dao says the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, along with the Ministry of Higher Education, is working to resolve the matter.
4: Well, first and foremost, uh, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, and the Minister of uh, General Education, uh, Gabriel Chanson has met over this matter. And uh, the, the, the leadership of the country has been informed on the steps that need to be taken. The most important thing is that we are appealing to our South Sudanese national and the students that are in Egypt to respect the rules and the laws of that country. Secondly, all the grievances that they have raised, we have taken note of it as a government. The ambassador have given us the full details of the grievances as they have presented them to the ambassador. And so we, in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, under the directive of the minister, we have we have set and the, all the issues are being discussed.
3: Dow says scholarships are a privilege given freely by the Egyptian government to South Sudanese students. He says if it turns out that the scholarships should be only partially funded by the South Sudanese government, Juba will either renegotiate with the Egyptian government or take up their responsibility and fill the gap. Ask about the allegations that the students were beaten by Egyptian police. Dao says the embassy is the territory of South Sudan and the Egyptian government has not intervened.
4: Well, even the government of Egypt, they have not yet uh, intervened as they required because... The embassy is the territory of the Republic of South Sudan. Nobody can enter there, and this is why the students are inside the embassy. And, 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 and we are asking the students themselves to be able to to go back to, to where they were staying and give us the chance and give the ambassador and the diplomat in the embassy to do their work. Uh, after which we will be able to, to get a solution. We also appeal to the parents uh, to be able to call the uh, children so that they can they can help the government to be able to solve the matter.
3: Dow eight parents of the students to call their children and help convene them to return to their campuses so that the matter can be resolved. Similar events with students studying abroad have occurred in the past. In February, South Sudanese students on government scholarships at Zouz University in Egypt occupied the embassy in Cairo for four days, demanding the government clear their credit hour years. Over the years, students studying in countries like Ethiopia and Zimbabwe have reported a number of academic challenges, with some being banned from graduation due to outstanding tuition fees. In May 2020, seven South Sudanese students were wounded after they were reportedly assaulted by Ethiopian police while demanding the coronavirus incentives at the South Sudan Embassy in Addis Ababa. In 2017 and again in 2020, students on government scholarships in Zimbabwe camped at the South Sudan Embassy in Arare over unpaid tuition fees. For VOA News, I am then guiding in Authorities in the Greater
1: Pibor Administrative Area say fire raised down dozens of shops in Pibor Town Monday, destroying food items. Residents in the town say the effects of the fire could impact the already dire humanitarian situation in a town cut off from the rest of South Sudan due to poor road conditions. For VOA News, Manyang David Mayar reports from Juba.
5: Reached by phone from Pibor, shopkeeper Shirap Isaac says he was sleeping in his shop when he felt suffocating heat around 2 a.m. Monday. He says he awoke to find the fire sweeping through parts of Pibor market and dashed out.
6: I did not take anything with me. I escaped only with my fans on. I have been selling maize floor, sugar, and many items including money. In the jobs I had 7,000 US dollars. I also had 3 million South Sudanese pound cash and 2 million South Sudanese pound for other people. I have lost also over 15,000 dollars on good in the jobs.
5: Isaac says Friends lent him some trousers and a shirt. People trader Musa Ibrahim, whose shop was also destroyed by the fire, says he lost over $10,000 and and 4.5 million South Sudanese pounds when his shop burned to the ground
6: life is hard with nothing to eat those who have little have been the one giving me food to eat and they have given me a mud to sleep on if i get some support i will also make a job and start afresh again there is nothing i can do
5: traders are not the only ones feeling the pain people residents like lesho kanan Say the destroyed shops mean people have access to few
7: basic commodities, especially food. We have been getting food through these shops uh, because those traders, they used to transport food from Juba and sell them in their shops. But now seeing the food already burned down, so it will be very difficult for the family to survive because when you have money, you will have nowhere to get even the flour and sugar and other things sent my wife this morning to go and buy sugar for tea and she even failed to get those things. Kanan says Pibor gets food commodities only
5: during the dry season when roads are still passable. He says few food items are transported by air and the only airstrip in Pibor
3: is flooded.
7: We didn't buy enough food because this food was being transported from from Juba to his shop. So, and those people they are not selling it as the wholesalers do in Juba. So, they used to give these people this uh, the food in the kilos. So, they you, you normally used to give it one kilo, one kg of sugar, one kg of flour, and one kg of uh, beans. So, but before we don't have food in the house, so we used to buy this uh, small food that those people were selling in the market. But now the lives become miserable, not even uh, a place to find even sugar and uh, beans and anything. And the hunger will increase. And I don't even have hope of the survival of my family.
5: People Town Mayor John Guyin says the government has announced measures to help the traders recover from damages caused by the fire
6: yesterday the chief administrator personally went to the market to console the traders in the market and he told me as the mayor to register the names of the traders who have lost their goods on fire so that when they start to transport goods again when the road open there will not be taxed and in rigor to hunger from the citizens, there is nothing we can do now. God is the
5: only one who knows. Gain says investigations are underway to determine the cause of the blaze. He says there are no fire brigade services in P-Bow Town, And although residents, including himself, tried to put out fire using small containers, the fire quickly engulfed the shops. For VOA News... Amayang Deb Mayor in Juba.
1: You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. Coming up, 20 people were killed in a bomb attack in Somalia. Find out why after the break.
6: What do you think? important questions the question today
8: who do you listen to in difficult times and why mostly i listen to my wife and my dad
6: because these two people they know me better than anybody
0: i listen most to my mom because she's been through a lot she has a lot of experience and anytime i tell her something she kind of has a solution to a problem The person to listen to in difficult times, one, your parents. Two, if you're married, then it should be your partner because your partner is the person who is there with you every time.
8: In difficult times, I most of the time listen to my fiancé. When I speak to him, he gives me good advice. That helps
0: to calm me down. What do you think? A daily discussion of important questions from VOA. in the public interest from VOA Africa.
8: The World Health Organization and U.S. Centers for Disease Control say coughing and sneezing can spread COVID-19. Physical distancing, staying at least one meter away from people outside your family, can protect everyone. For more information, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC. And remember to listen to VOA for the latest on COVID-19.
0: That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa.
1: You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. At least 20 people were killed in a triple-car bombing attack Monday in central Somalia, among them two local government officials. Witnesses say two vehicles loaded with explosives detonated in the morning
9: and a third in the afternoon. Mohammed Ahmed Adan reports. Three explosions struck the city of Paladwini in central Somalia, killing at least 20 people and injuring dozens more. Baladwini Police Commissioner Bishar Hussein confirmed the attacks and the death of some local officials.
2: He says,
9: this work was planned by al Many officials, civilians and soldiers died. We are still counting the figures, he says. He adds, the officials who died include the Deputy Commissioner of Finance in Iran region. MPs and ministers in Hirshabele state. Jamali added that the rescue operations were still in progress. He says, we are excavating ruins of houses to remove injured people and dead bodies which are trapped there. He adds, we mourn, but we do not cry and we will take revenge against Ashabab. U.N. office in Somalia said in a tweet it condemned the attack and sent condolences to the families of the victims. Two of the bomb attacks struck the Lamagalai military base, which hosted the offices of the regional president and several local government officials. One car bomb detonated near the entrance gate. Then witnesses say a truck rushed toward the headquarters building and exploded the third car bomb exploded while heading to the same target the attacks come barely a day after somali government announced the death of a senior ashabab commander identified as Abdulkadir nadir in an airstrike in middle juba region nadir who served as ashabab's finance chief was thought to replace the group's leader ahmed Diriyeh, or abu ubaida who is reported to be sick he had a $3 million bounty on his head from the U.S. government. Somali government described Nadir's killing as a thorn removed from the Somali nation. Somali government is currently involved in a major counterterrorism offensive against Al-Shabaab in central regions of the country. The operations has gained the support of local tribal militias in Iran and Galgadud regions who have joined forces with federal and state government authorities. Ahmed Mohamed, for VOA News, Mogadishu, Somalia. From
1: Somalia, we move to Uganda, where the government and the UN refugee agency say a surge in refugees fleeing conflict in the Democratic Republic of Congo is tearing apart families and stretching aid resources. The UNHCR says officials were prepared to help some 60,000 Congolese refugees expected in Uganda. But now more than double of that number are predicted to arrive by year's end. For VOA News, Alima Thumani reports from Kampala.
8: (laughs)
0: Congolese refugees stream across Uganda's western border with the Democratic Republic of Congo to escape nearly a year of fighting between M23 rebels and DRC government troops. Senjuva Gasigo Felipe, one of many refugees crossing into Uganda, says people were forced to flee when gunfire woke them in the middle of the night. He says, I first came with just a few of my family members because others got lost. He says, It's just recently that I reunited with them. This is because we got separated at night. Other refugees weren't so lucky. Amani Gidide lost contact with three of her children and is about to move from a transit centre to a refugee settlement. She says, where I was staying, I didn't have space. So I've decided to go so I can find where to stay. She says, my other children are still missing. With God's love, they will be found. The unit CR says since January, 71,000 refugees have crossed into Uganda... ...from the DRC, and that number is expected to more than double by the end of the year. UNHCR's Uganda representative Matthew Crensil says as a result, resources are overstretched.
8: If you look at the funding received now compared to the new needs, I mean, given the planning figure which has been reviewed, it's only about 11% also which has been received, which is woefully inadequate, I mean, to cover the growing needs of these refugees.
0: Ugandan officials say a holding center for refugees has been opened up to support the overflowing transit center, which already hosts some 14,000 refugees. Daniel Kisamo is the Nyakawande Refugee Transit and Holding Centre Commandant.
7: We are operating two centres at a go. The transit centre being for those ones who are ready to move to the settlement. Then the holding centre was designated for those ones who still need to make up their mind or in case to wait for their family members because we know what war does.
0: The M23 rebels launched attacks on DRC forces in 2012, saying they were fighting for good governance. After being quiet for nearly a decade, the group resumed fighting in late 2021, seizing territory and causing refugees to flee the violence. Congo has repeatedly accused its smaller Central African neighbour Rwanda of backing the M23, a charge Kigali denies. Meanwhile, Congolese refugees like Gidede wait, hoping to be reunited with family and return home soon. Halima Money for VA News, Kisoro. Uganda.
1: Ethiopia's Tigray rebels say they are withdrawing from parts of the neighboring Amhara region, which they entered shortly after renewed hostilities broke out with the federal government forces in August. For VOA News, Fred Hatter
10: reports. In a statement, the leadership of the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, described the move as a tactical redeployment of its forces and said it was necessary to counter an invasion from the north. The fresh fighting has seen Eritrea renew its involvement in the war on the side of Ethiopia's federal government. Last month, the Tigray forces said Eritrea had launched a full-scale offensive across the region's northern border. Accordingly, we have made geographical adjustments by withdrawing from Amhara areas we had entered in the direction of the south. The latest TPLF statement said. It added that the withdrawal had been underway for three days and could be reversed if pro-government forces made further attacks on the southern fronts. Separately, Tigray spokesperson Kitachu Reda said on Twitter that his region's forces had inflicted, quote, tens of thousands, end quote, of losses on pro-government units. VOA was unable to verify these claims. The areas affected by the fighting are mostly cut off from phone and internet access, and journalists are currently barred from travelling there. Ethiopia's federal government has remained tight-lipped amid the recent fighting and has not yet commented on the Tigray forces' latest statement. Eritrean forces fought alongside Ethiopia's federal forces when the Tigray conflict first broke out in November 2020, before they were both forced to withdraw in June 2021. Asmara's re-entry into the conflict has drawn international condemnation. Fred Harter, for VOA News, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia.
0: South Sudan in Focus is now on WhatsApp. Send us a message on plus one. What's happening in your area, or give us your feedback on the stories you hear on South Sudan in focus? We look forward to hearing from you on WhatsApp. That number again, plus one, two zero two, six three zero eight zero one one.
8: This is a message in the public interest from VOA Africa.
0: Hello, I'm VOA Health Correspondent Linar Modu. The World Health Organization and Africa Centers for Disease Control say we all can help fight the global pandemic by frequently washing our hands or using hand sanitizers. For more information on protecting yourself and others, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC. And remember to listen to VOA for the latest on COVID-19.
8: That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa.
3: That's
1: all we prepared for you this Tuesday. Don't forget to check out voaafrica.com for all your favourite programmes and news updates. And for old news, go to voanews.com. If you miss this broadcast, go to voanews.com forward slash South Sudan. We now leave you with the song... Kalinga by this majors. I'm your host John Tanzan, in Washington. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Remember to join us tomorrow for another edition of South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America.